0: the one as advertised, it's, uh, but it is from the lectionary, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 7 to 16. I've realized why I, why I like reading this on my phone, because one of the problems of aging is that the print gets harder. Um, oh, is that right? So, uh, so can I recommend if you've got your Bible on your, on your, on your uh, phone or your tablet, it's good. <laughs> right, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 7. Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zaraphath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I've instructed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zaraphath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, Anne, bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and to make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land.
1: Good morning. The gospel reading is also different. We're taking it from John chapter 2. Reading from verse 1, so it's page 1064 in the Church Bible. John chapter 2. Jesus changes water into wine. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 80 to 120 litres. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned to wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he (coughs) called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best until now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him.
2: Thank you, Sue and Giles. And um, you'll also notice that Melvin was down to preach today, and unfortunately, he's not well. So, um, if we could hold him in prayer this morning, um, I received a phone call from Jean to say that he wasn't feeling well, and the sermon he's prepared is not being delivered by him. So. Um, so I have put something together very briefly this morning, which I believe will be a message for each of us from God today. And we are going into the Old Testament reading, so um, your reading taken from uh, Kings this morning. And what we, what we find in this reading is firstly um, Elijah, and Elijah is a prophet from God who has been sent into a particular place. And Israel, the land, the place that he finds himself in, is facing drought and famine. So why were Israel in drought and famine? Surely this land, this promised land, should be the land of plenty the blessing to the nation. So why were they facing a period of drought? Well, if we back up a little bit further in the reading, um, we find that King Ahab has just been appointed the king of Israel. And Ahab was not a very good follower of Jesus. Ahab, was a very evil man who married Jezebel and um, erected the statue of Baal and turned the nation towards idol worship. And it's quite ironic, actually, because Baal, the idol, is meant to represent um, fruitfulness and as well as rain, and yet Israel finds himself in this period of drought because of their idol worship. So... God actually brings this divine judgment upon the nation, brings the drought as a way of saying to Israel that nothing else apart from me will provide for your needs. So Elijah finds himself being sent, firstly um, into this period of drought, where he is reliant on ravens to feed him and provide for him. God provides for him water and food. And then he is told to go and find his provision from this widow. And we find this widow in a place called Zarephath. Now, Zarephath was actually located between Tyre and Sidon, and this was the, the very place that Jezebel's father had um, instructed the origins of this bowl worship. So the prophet Elijah, reliant on God, is now sent into the very place of origins of this bull worship. And I wonder if when you are out and about in your daily life, whether you're at work, whether you're in school, whether you're with friends in your communities, if you find yourself surrounded by people who have no belief in God and are not reliant on him for their needs at all. And our place in those places is to stand as God's witness. He's called each of us to those places for a purpose. And like Elijah was called to show the people what true worship means, so are we called to stand and show others what Christ is to us. So Elijah goes and he meets this woman and She has very, very little. In fact, she's just about to prepare the last of her flour and oil, a meal for her and her son, and then she's going literally to die because she's got nothing else to sustain her. What a desperate situation that must have been for the woman, for Elijah to look at what she had, and to wonder, God, what are you going to do here? And I don't know if you've ever come to the end of your string, the end of your provisions, and thought, God, I have no idea what you're going to do here. But what happens is amazing, because each of them take a step of faith. The woman firstly recognizes that Elijah is actually someone from God. She, she herself says that um, in verse 12, as surely as the Lord your God lives, I will do this thing. Um, She recognizes that Elijah is someone different. Elijah is coming under the authority of God and is not like the rest of the people in this valley of Seraphath. So she follows and steps out in faith. And does as Elijah asks of her. She literally gives all that she has. And God does something amazing. See, the obedience of both Elijah and the obedience of the woman enable God to again provide... And to bring his abundant blessing. So the, the blessing that was promised to Israel, to the nation who are meant to be a blessing to others, who had then turned in this idol worship, then gets found again through the obedience of a widow who steps in and asks and is and 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 does what is demanded of her. So I wonder what we could learn from that reading today. I wonder what it is that God is asking each of us to do. Perhaps he's calling you to a place where he wants you, like Elijah, to stand as a witness and show others around you what true worship looks like. Or perhaps he's demanding everything from you and it feels almost impossible to let go. But he says, if you do this, I will give you back so much more than you could dream of. You will never, ever run dry. And so by offering him all that we have, he is able to bless us abundantly and to bless those around us. So we're just going to take a few minutes just to sit and to to think, what is it that that God is saying to us through this reading today, are we called to be bold and step out in faith like Elijah or are we called to, to give him and resurrender everything that we have in order that he can show himself faithful through us?